Welcome to the Recombobulator Lab with Jason Graham-Nye and Chris Dominic. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jason. Ever heard of a triple threat? Sure. Like a baller who can pass, shoot, and dribble? Or a rugby player who can catch, pass, and kick? Or that annoying guy at the party who can sing, dance, and be vulnerable? Sure, whatever. Anyway, Meal Pass is the lab's newest sponsor, and they are a serious triple threat. So it can sing and dance and be vulnerable? Boy, no. Meal Pass elegantly solves the three most serious problems facing America today. Our singing and dancing deficiencies. (laughs) Oh, my God. No. No, enough. No singing, no dancing. What I'm talking about is a company that can help feed America's 50 million food insecure citizens, put money into the pockets of the country's 1 million restaurants who are trying to recover from the pandemic and reduce food waste. Whoa, tell me more. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? Meal Pass is a technology platform developed here in Australia. It gives restaurants a platform to list any end of day meals they'd otherwise throw away. Those in need access a code from a charity food partner. They fire up the app, choose a meal from a restaurant in their area and go and collect it. In doing so, the restaurant Restaurant qualifies for lucrative but hard to access tax deductions and they reduce their food waste. That really is a triple threat. Providing money to restaurants, offering food to the hungry, and reducing GHG by reducing food waste. That's right. In a three-month pilot, mid-pandemic here in Australia, 500 restaurants signed up, including 7-Eleven and Subway. 55,000 meals were served and 100,000 pounds of landfill-bound food waste was rescued. That's phenomenal. Am I right? Yeah. So, when I'm not being a scintillating podcast host with you, I'm helping Mill Pass launch in the US. We've onboarded our first restaurants and served our first meals to those in need. It's so exciting to see it launch. How can our listeners learn more or help? They can head to millpass.org to learn more. They can also help us by introducing us to any restaurants in their area that would want to sign up and start earning tax deductions. We're also looking to build our team. So if anyone would like to join us on our mission, we have really cool sales roles on offer. It's a really simple sell. Trust me. That's a way better triple threat than my singing dancing one. I'm not even sure that was ever in question. Question. Mill pass. Radical generosity done profitably. <laughs> Why? We weren't laughing until just now. I know. It's the best way oh. to start these things. <laughs> Christopher, how are you? Hey, so, good to see you. Good to see you too. How are you, my Australian friend? It is good. It's it's a crisp morning here. The beach is looking good and uh, everything's pretty good. Thank you. Except for that yeah, one that's thing. That's excellent. Yeah. Oh, oh! I think I know what you're talking about because yeah. I read about it this morning. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'll give you a guess. The mouse invasion, maybe the we mouse like to, invasion. We like to call them plagues. We're not a very, we're fairly secular country, but we're swinging around to a little bit more biblical thinking. We're thinking mm-hmm. we've had the pandemic. We've got the plague of mice that are literally our food prices are going to go through the roof. And if you're a farmer, it's just <sighs> devastating. So what, we, the rivers haven't run red yet, but they we're working yeah. on that. We've had a bushfire that was catastrophic. What else happened? happens and then the full horseman of the apocalypse i'm a bit yeah. loose on the scriptures but i feel like this could be our last episode pestilence yes pestilence oh i love everybody forgets about pestilence. so true those locusts <laughs> yeah we, i mean we have cicadas right now cicadas years. You, you don't say cicadas we really do say cicadas are you a communication expert no, no i'm not kidding people in america say cicada we need to talk really America. Do. We need to talk America. America, we need a conversation about it. <laughs> I think I told you the story about how I had difficulty because one of the people I used to work with, really, really smart Canadian engineer, she would say pasta. No. <laughs> 
she, she and, I, and I don't know, maybe it's the Italian American me. I was just like, okay, we're really, do we really have to call it pasta? I mean, I want to respect your Canadian upbringing, but wow, what do you, what do you call that it? That is hard to hear. What do you call it? Pasta. It's pasta. Oh, yeah. she called it pasta. Pasta. I'll ask. She calls it I'll pasta. ask the Canadian wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, yeah, right, right, right. Now, the, the Canadians only have a few tells, right? Yeah. One of them's pasta. The other one is a, a boat. Yep. Yeah. That's about it, really. And the maple syrup obsession. No, no, I got another one for you. What's that? A process instead of process. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And sorry instead of sorry. That's true. And then yeah. how do you spell Canada? Oh, and X, Y, and Z sometimes. That'll oh, work. yeah. No, we do that as well. But how do you spell Canada? Mm. C A N A D. Hey, as in, hey, is that funny? I don't know if that even works. I, you know what? I don't know, but you I just want to say right now how much I love Canada. I really do. <laughs> I mean, we've got a lot of people Van- listening there. I think, I, I think Vancouver, Canada is one of the most beautiful mm. places I've ever been, actually. Yeah. It's an amazing, no, it's beautiful. Amazing, beautiful. It's beautiful. beautiful so place. back back to Australia and the. Yes, mice. Well, mice. Where are all these mice coming from? I oh saw these God. videos of like thousands of mice. It's really, I mean, so. And the two things, it's classic not realizing we live within a system. And if you mess with the system, you die. So the British brought mm. mice over to attack some other plague we were having, not thinking of the unintended consequences. So now 200 years later, we have plagues from time to time. This one's massive. And it's got, you know, the, the farmers, can, they have to do tricks like they put the four legs of their bed in big buckets of water. So the mice can't get, isn't that gross? It's really gross. And what the, the story I heard was that they, they're dying inside the walls and it stinks really bad. Yeah, and so then classic response to that is the government has been is granted like a hundred million bucks to buy basically napalm. Now there's a chemical, <laughs> um, and so what what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Um, I think that's a fabulous idea. But interestingly, they have funded some genetic researchers that can modify the DNA so that this entire species will breed itself out which could be epic. But then there are more unintended consequences because over 200 years, those mice might have been a food source for some other things. So it's it's so fascinating. It does come back to how we're managing the planet more globally and food supply. And we, we just don't do any kind of systems thinking. We've done this Cartesian detached analytical thinking about it's not unlike our bodies, right? It's like you just look at the appendix or you look at the heart as opposed to, no, it's a whole system. So if you mess with this thing, this will probably happen. Anyway, I rant. Yes, I feel terrible for the farmers. No, no, it's, I mean, you, in your space, that's got to be something that comes up all the time. Yeah. We just don't understand. We can't cope with complexity. We want to simplify things, which is very dangerous. Anyway, I, I rant on. No, no mice plague in your part of the world. Well, you might have you might have come across something in the Economist mm-hmm. recently. Yes, yes, I have noticed something that's going on in downtown Portland, young Christopher J. Dominic. Would you like to share with the audience? Downtown is not ready for prime time right now. Downtown Portland is there's a lot of plywood boarded up stores from the nearly nonstop protests that we got for a long time. Those have really quieted down. Mm. but uh, we really need to kind of reboot downtown and they're just getting started now clearing out a lot of that stuff and it's uh, it's it'll be interesting to see how quickly it can get changed one of the the really sad statistics on there is that 
we were like third in the development index mm. in terms of like, you know, most oh. appealing place to develop places. Yeah. And we dropped to like 66th. Whoa. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think I think part of the issue is that it just the publicity around downtown is really mm. bad. Now, the reality is if you live outside of downtown, the city's thriving right now. We're right. coming out of a pandemic. The the homeowners have the high, you know, incredible prices on their mm. homes. There are people who continue to want to move here from other places. Right. You know, the the restaurants and bars are opening. The arts are starting to get going again. It's very exciting uh, actually That's being in Portland so right now, with the exception of downtown. Mm. And of course, there's the homeless problem that we have that I don't think you guys have even anything close to. But it's it that's a problem that we really share with a lot of the West Coast city. Was that a government? Was that a, was that like when we left, we moved home from Portland, there was a degree of homelessness, but not massive. When I went running right. along the Springwater Trail, you'd see one or two tents. Was it a governor? Was it a law change? Did something happen? So suddenly yeah. when we came back, it was like, the, it was so, visit was huge. Yeah. Well, okay. So the, I think there's a couple things. One of them is the, the reports I've read suggest there's a combination of problems. Mm. One of them is the fact that there is a just terrible mental health problem in America right. in terms of we don't we don't know what to do with people who become mentally ill and don't mm. and have unstable lives. It, we we right. just I mean yeah sure we have programs and we have good people who are trying really hard to help but we don't have a right. system in place right. that really addresses root causes of any of this or or treats symptoms of it consistently well because of this maybe some good things too right we got to focus on liberty and we don't like to make it easy to take people off the streets and put them in institutions, which is a good thing. But the downside, of course, is, yeah. is that you, you know, you, so, and it's, it's, it worries people when somebody becomes violent or dangerous sure. and they're also mentally ill. Those are things that get scary. So that's one part of homelessness. Another one is economic. Yep. And another one, because we've, you know, we had all sorts of crazy economic things that just happened because of the mm. pandemic and shutting everything down. And yep. we had a stimulus package, but it wasn't... Stimulusy enough. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, if you had a small business and you and you did things right and you're good at filling out paperwork, you probably did okay. But if you, you know, but if you're, um, oh God, there's just so many people who got passed by. I mean, I still can't quite figure out why. Like in a, in Oregon, for example, they completely screwed the bar owners. You know, that like oh. meanwhile the liquor store owners are just crushing it. You know, oh. like if you own a if you own a liquor store in America or in a, in Portland, you, you've you've been doing really well. If you own a bar in Portland you're 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 shut down up right. until recently oh, that's so uh, they just they just approved to go cocktails to, which is what they had in New York City the whole time. Right. Much. They just approved that like two months ago, which oh is like, that's gosh. kind of a little too little, a little too yeah, late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we screwed some things up. We did some other things really well. But the bottom line is, you know, the homeless problem is a combination of things and it's, mm. in, it's a problem in all the West Coast cities. I will say this though. Somebody ought to l figure out what San Francisco did with the area that's around the baseball park there. Oh, yeah. I was just down yeah. there to visit family and wow, did they clean that up? And I don't know what they did, but I mean, I was there a couple of years ago, walked through that area and it was terrifying. I mean, it, it, they had really let it go and it it is pristine right That's now. That's incredible. That's, and I, if they can do yeah, it, right? Yeah. I mean... I remember that area too. I remember going to watch a game there and it was like, whoa, let's not get there too early, which is terrible. <laughs> but well, I know it's awful, but it was just like... It's bad. And it, it, honestly, it was amazing. I And... 
you could tell it makes a difference economically mm. and culturally because the restaurants and the bars were full. People like there's all these outdoor tables from the pandemic, right? Where people got to take over alley spaces Unreal. and they're all thriving with people because they're not scared of the homeless camp down down the end of the block where people are throwing bottles at each other over some argument. And again, we, we're all really sympathetic about the fact that our rich, poor gap in America is unacceptable mm. yep. and that we have these sorts of problems. But it doesn't mean that, you know, people aren't going to try and protect their families. Yeah. Anyway, it's there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there. But I, I really want to believe that we're on the cusp of something change. Yeah, it, it, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you this. If we aren't on the cusp of change, there's you know, is it going to be yeah. we are a democracy and yeah. people can vote. Right. So, uh, you know, I mean, there are things will change, I'm sure, eventually, because oh I, I don't see anybody putting up with this for an extended period of time. I, well, okay, so what are they going to do about the mice? I don't get it. You just, you, you, you napalm them? Yeah, so the, the two strategies, the immediate one is, and the farmers are just so, they, they know about soil health. They know about that stuff, but then they've also got to balance that with how to get rid of these mice because it's just going to devastate, you know, a season's worth of crops and then some. And then you, so yeah, the, the napalm, well, some are already lost, right? Well, the, the article yeah. I read said that the the part of the problem is is it, once the mice get into the like the the food storage, yeah. the silo or whatever, they, like as soon as the urine is in there, it's over. Yeah. Like there's nothing you can do. So they just start burning it all. Yeah, and that's the um, only way. It's just devastating. So wow. Now is that in remote places or is any of that near you? It's not near us. It's out in the bush. Okay, but it's just tragic. It's so it, and it's just they've just survived the bushfire. You know, mm. they've they've gone through hell and back and now this. And it's just they can't get a break. Is it clear why so many mice? I mean, the article I read said this happened. Something kind of like this happens every 10 years or so, but just not to this extent. Exactly. And it's containable. So it's um, this is just beyond the beyond. You know, so they're just getting killed. Yeah. So, and then it's really sad. The solution mm. is napalm. Yeah. It's like, it's Vietnam all over again. Absolutely. Except in Australia. Yeah, that's right. There's going to be some, you guys, you guys are going to have some PTSD no, farmers, the, man. The farmers and the mental health stuff is massive. Oh, that's got to be just stressful. These, these farmers, they can hear them. They can smell them every day. Yeah. You know, and the kids who, yeah. Oh. It's not good. Uh, oh, yeah. The one quote from this guy was, mm. I wake up every day thinking about mice and I go to sleep every mm. night thinking about mice. Isn't that like, tragic? Oh, yeah. man, that's terrible. It's anyway, well, sad. hopefully we can both cure our problems. Yeah. Why don't we talk about something a little sunnier? Like, for example, we've got some news. We've got some news. I'm going to announce that yeah. we are going to be wrapping up season one of our show. What? fairly soon meaning yes i know i'm very excited which means that we get to take a little break and work on the plan for season two which we're very excited about we've got some things we can't quite talk about that's yet. right that's right but they're all very excited and they're exciting and they're one of the reasons why we're even going from a season one to a season exactly. two with a break in between we do have one more episode coming and and we think that's going to be pretty awesome even though we're not going to quite spill the beans on that yet mm -hmm. but you know i thought maybe we could spend a little time doing a little recap i mean i, I would love that we're going to end up with 33 episodes and our listenership had a positive trend this entire time which yeah. is really just overly i didn't even know how to express how much fun that has been yeah 
it's been remarkable. And, you know, when we, you and I started this, it's like, let's try and find a way to work together. Okay, podcast. And then the whole goal was how do we have some fun, meet some amazing people. And then we've done that. And then the support from listeners from far and wide. The other day you mentioned where our listeners live and it was like, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah, no, it's that, that was fun, right? Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that came up when people would give us feedback, we would mm. learn so much from the feedback. Like yeah. I'll give you an example. One of the branding components of what we were trying to do actually came from from somebody giving us feedback online. It was something to the extent of, it seems like what you guys do is talk about serious concepts in a fun way and you don't mind having a good time while you're talking about serious concepts. And you're, of course, anchored in evidence. Yeah. No, no. I thought that was good because we couldn't, I've, only till last week, I couldn't explain what the the Recombobulator Lab was. And you were reminding me, it's like, well, we cover serious, interesting topics, but in a fun, light way. And I think the best yeah. example is probably Chanel Contos and yes. that conversation where going into that conversation, I was pretty nervous that how could you share the message and do it in a way that was mm-hmm. compelling and it was i mean she's a remarkable she made it very easy i mean she's an incredible woman so yes yeah, yeah. yeah she did make it easy because we took this subject which you which really you can't even imagine a single thing about it that is something that you would laugh about but we at least enjoyed the conversation enough that we got a few laughs out of it yeah and of course sometimes there's gallows humor which is uh, is really a good tonic for a, a tough yeah situation absolutely. right absolutely. Uh, but, but then there's the if we flip it around, mm. there's the, the topics where they were inherently going to be funny because the person's funny that we're interviewing. <laughs> yeah. But but then we end up talking about serious things anyway, which like yeah. Zane Lambert. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I think it's also fun just because to see somebody operate like that where he can mm. figure out like... <laughs> Here's how I'm going to play off of these two guys. Here's what I'm going to do to like, I mean, I just thought that was so much fun to see him in action. He was, he just tore us to shreds and it was a beautiful thing. It really was. You're appreciating it while he's destroying you. It's just like, oh man, I, that is, oh, that was really fun. I had such a good time. I love that moment when, when you was, you started and you were reading something and goes, oh, we're going to read this, are we? Oh, we're going to do it that way, are we? And I'm like, oh, we are such amateurs. Oh, yeah, no, he he just, well, and the the best part was I am confident that no matter what I would have done, he would have figured out a way to blow up the beginning of that episode, right? That's, that was the strategy. And I mean, it just, it worked. No, no, I just think the fact, I think the chemistry between the three of us was, was that you and I were willing to just sit back and just get destroyed, leave it all in the episode and just have a really fun time. And we've been in touch with him since. Yeah, we got the joke, right. Yeah. Right. And he felt like he had to dish it out like across the board, I think a little bit, yeah. because at one point you <laughs> went outside and it got really oh, loud. That's right. <laughs> Just and he goes, me. I thought you, and you said, I thought you wanted to see the real me, Zane. And he said, well, I, you know, to be fair, Jason, I thought I did too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. And then he that told really you to good. get back in your hole. That's right. Uh, yeah, That's no, right. I see. I, I, it's it's okay. So I will say we should probably at least reflect on some lowlights. I mean, just mm. briefly. It's yeah. not like everything went well. No, what's the I worst mean, heck, thing that happened? <laughs> uh, well, Okay. 
it it wasn't a good look that that we prom- we promoted uh, an episode of the uh, Japan's oh, rugby coach coming no. on, and then uh, and then it didn't work out. I'm that sorry. was kind of that was a little rough. We had to eat crow for that one. That was a really bad one. I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, here's another one. I don't think the listeners know about this one. I forgot to tell you to switch your microphone setting yeah. before we interviewed Bronte and. So Bronte's audio is kind of echoey. Hmm. Interestingly, nobody complained about it. Maybe it's just me, but that was like just a dumb miscommunication. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not the technical person. Um, well, I know, but that was that was my responsibility, though. <laughs> I, 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 I failed you. No, no, no. I mean, I'm actually looking at your microphone setting right now. I, I have to do it this you. way. I, 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 I yeah. have to do this. <laughs> right, right. I could have just been like, oh, I can see. It's the wrong thing. What about some highlights for you? I think the Tom K- Kelly aside was really cool. The former Jordan Brand manager guy i mean that oh that took yeah. a few new dimensions that i wasn't expecting so that was really cool and yeah. i think our listeners responded to that pretty positively too absolutely um, yeah I, I think the part that i was so impressed by with him is that he really helped you know one of these themes we've had from the very beginning is talking about issues in a non-binary way when mm. we when we can like one of the things he was basically doing that i was so appreciative mm. of was talking about how you can do your job as a marketer and do the right thing too. Yeah. You know, you, you don't have to, you don't have to be yeah. on, you know, the side of unbridled greed mm. or be on the side of something that is uh, promoting a, like a nonprofit agenda or something. You can, yeah. you can use market-based systems to advance culture. And, and I just, I thought yeah. that that's the conversation that you and I like having a lot of. So it's the really the thing that's going to get us out of this global the global disaster that we're in is that that thing because that that dichotomy of well you're either in you're either for profit business and by default you are going to be doing some level of damage to the planet or you're a non profit who is institu- doing institutional begging every year to keep money there and you're doing good and it's the combination of those two things that's really going to get us there business is a force for good a business who businesses who are best for the world not best in the right. world and nike's a fascinating example and they got through the whole disaster in the mid 90s of the um the china sweatshop thing and they've they've gone on and those ads it's extraordinary the longevity so i thought that was a real favorite of mine yeah the other one was sonic boom the book by peter ames and the whole yeah. story i didn't i'm not a music guy but that story was brilliant they signed an 18 or 19 year old prince and yeah. people were like, why'd you sign him? Yeah. And they're like, you know, and of course, I. they're like, well, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. And they're like, wait, well, I don't understand that. Yeah. I mean. And it, it, it's, it's it's interesting how much that theme has really populated a lot of our shows, right? Where they were trying to do the right thing and get more good art out there by just simply, and make more money too, by simply yeah. getting better acts. And instead of just doing this thing where you give people what, what you think they want, you give them good stuff and, and help them understand to appreciate it, which is a tough thing to do, which is why so few people have that formula, but they did it. And, you know, here's another sort of binary issue that came up that I found fascinating when I listened back to the Christy Turlington episode where she says, you know, in the maternal space, there's so many people who are either I want it like the Western way I'm scheduling mm. my C-section 
or I want it this sort of natural way and I don't want to have anything to do with Western medicine. Mm. And she was talking about how odd it is that really getting something out of both seems to be, you know, one of the indicators of positive outcomes. It is extraordinary. Yeah. And I think for season two, as we think about season two, this, this, the secret we, we're going to let, let out soon is we're going to Uh-oh. have, we've got a sponsorship with Ferrari and we're both going to drive Ferraris for the rest of our life. Is that? That's not true. That might not make it into the cut, but <laughs> I just want to give listeners teasers. Is the idea that what we're talking about in these cases is this notion of playing the infinite game. And it's a book in the 80s that then some and Seneca's reread, reinterpreted. And we talk about the infinite game, playing the infinite game versus the finite game. And I'd love to dive into that topic next, next, next season, along with, I think, a fantastic US takes on America. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The US can take on Australia, not just in the America's Cup. Let's relive 1983. Mm. But let's take it. Let's take on this this one. This is uh, guns versus gambling. This is the two oh, yeah. the two yeah. worst things of our countries. <laughs> Yeah, we should have we should have a little guns of, of versus gambling off. And actually, now that I think about it, we should brainstorm in the off season. Yeah, like some th- other things like that, like you know, like we could compare great achievements in like the in the horrible blights on our society. Yeah, and see who wins. Yeah, because we like to be competitive. We are because USA, USA. Sorry, blame it on me. Always, always, always. But I think also to our listeners, if you have ideas and thoughts of things we'd like you'd like us to cover, please let us know because we're open. And so actually, Jerome Arab was one of the great guests we had, and yeah. it was because he emailed us. <laughs> so please yeah. email us. Said, yeah, no, that's true. That's you exactly know. how that went. And yeah. and. I it is so cool the way one of the greatest things about the internet is the fact that we can all connect somehow mm. and many of us learned that kicking and screaming as we could do nothing else. Exactly. When we started this podcast, which we have to admit was in part driven by the fact that, you know, how the heck are we even going to talk to each other? (laughs) We'll just drag all these listeners into it. (laughs) Exactly. They might as well be a part of the conversation. It'll be more fun. And, and actually that is what happened, right? Because we do have so many people who listen to the show every week now and, and and who are a part of these, these conversations. And that really feels good for us actually. Definitely. Particularly the fact that people have appreciated some of the topics that we've covered that we think are maybe not as covered as they they should be. So definitely, I'm looking forward to bringing some of that back out. Some of the stuff that we brought up in the first, the topics we talked about in our first three episodes mm. before we started interviewing people. Yeah, I think we could probably dig in there as well. That's, those are some places we can probably and, and find some good guests as well. So. Yeah, definitely. And we're always looking for great, interesting people. So anyone out there, if you're a great and interesting person, email us. If you're not a great and interesting person, but you know someone who might be, email us. Because mm-hmm. that's the kind of show we are. Yeah, that's interesting. We could do an entire show trying to talk about the percentage of the population that doesn't think they're great and interesting. <laughs> That'd be really good data. <laughs> That'd be great data. There's this incredible construct that I find the most entertaining psychological construct, or I guess maybe it's a communication construct, but it's oh Kruger Dunning. It's the Kruger Dunning effect, and it's basically <laughs> this particular group of people that are unconsciously incompetent, and it's it's yeah. It's so they it's the people that have the most com- confidence about what they're doing. Oh, are so actually good. terrible at what they're doing and are convinced that they're great at it. You've just described so many people in my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, you that you're going to have all these insecure people coming up to you going, 
Jason, am I one of those people? You'd tell me if I was walking around doing dumb things, wouldn't I? And of course, oh, that would be a big test for you, my man. I'd like to. Would you do the polite thing, or would you be like, "Listen, man, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, you've got broccoli in your teeth." teeth. Yeah, I love it. Oh, let's get into that. That's a great topic. There's so many good topics. Um, maybe we could interview Kruger or Dunning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. I'll bet you. I'll bet you they wanted to research it because there was some person they knew, and they're like, "We just got it." I mean, how can they possibly be that clueless? So true. So true. Oh, my God. Okay. So well. Was that fun for you? I think it was the best 33 I, things we've ever done. <laughs> I think it was, It was. Uh, you know what? I, I think that we've got what we need. And I think that we should just thank our listeners. And we got one more episode for this yep. season one. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. for joining us at the Recombobulator Lab with Chris Dominic and Jason Graham Nye. Catch you next time.